Hello everyone and welcome to another Go Perform podcast. Um, today we are joined by Naomi Mitchell who isn't just a member with us at Go Perform here, she's also a full-time marathon runner and very recently won the Manchester Marathon. Um, so congratulations on that Naomi and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Good to have you here. Um, We're going to have a little chat, really, and just get to know a little bit more about you, about your training background and about what's coming up in the future. I've got a couple of questions coming on Instagram as well to put your way. But um, first off, talk us through Manchester. Obviously, you won the race, so it went well. But how was everything the build up to it and, and the race itself? (laughs) <laughs> yeah big question um uh, yeah it's been a really um a really good year so far um but also like a bit of a kind of challenging year for running so lots of things have changed for me i've gone full time with the running which is great um uh and i originally had a focus of a february marathon so it was going to be an early one for me um which was uh seville and i was a little bit ill for that so i did run that but i thought I'm going to come back and I'm going to do something else and um, try and get a little bit quicker. So I entered Manchester kind of last minute, uh, but I'm really pleased I did. I had a great time. Conditions were really good. Um, I was hoping for a, a quicker time, um, which I really think is something that I can do, but it was still great to win the race and uh, yeah, get to go and have another go at it. So yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a fantastic result, first and foremost. I know you're like super competitive with yourself and I know you said you've got lots more in the locker to to try and improve on that time but um and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute that kind of future goal but um tell us a bit about going full-time the last couple of months or even the last couple of weeks because it's only recently that you've actually decided to go full-time and give this a good go so how's that kind of transition been in terms of your training and yeah where, where are you feeling like it's going to take you yeah like I'm, I'm super excited for it I feel like it's almost like just starting to like get going now with like the benefits I'm going to see from it so uh, it's been just over a month um, and the major things are um, getting to kind of choose my training locations better get the best possible places to go running timings to go running uh, but really it's all about like the recovery and all the other things around it so coming here like at the right times of day and um balancing that with my running and stuff and that's where it's really going to be beneficial um I think because of the last four weeks being between the two marathons I did it was almost just like maintaining where I was at and not changing too many things um so I'm really excited going forward now uh because well you know we've got all the plans for all the strength stuff and a bit of speed work and some changes for the summer um just because I'm now able to do that kind of thing so yeah really yeah absolutely so for those that don't know i also write naomi's strength and conditioning program as well so we had a good chat yesterday and yeah kind of pl- big plans for the the summer coming up <laughs> but um how's that um those preparation prior to races those sort of training camps and and your um well even down, down to things like your nutrition and recovery from sessions leading into a race has that changed greatly in terms of your lead up into races since going full-time or do you see it changing greatly um it, there's not huge changes but I guess it's just the things that you always want to be doing and like and are trying to be doing just become a lot easier to implement so when I was working full-time super long hours I always knew like when I should be fueling when I should be having like that pre-training session snack uh when I should be like carbo loading before races or when I should be adjusting what I'm eating uh but obviously in those environments you can't get it perfect you've just got to do your best and 
this last year I've been part-time so it's been like again like just a little bit more improvements in that kind of thing and now going full-time it's just it's great to be able to like be at home and have your have your nutrition preps and like have your uh, like relaxation and downtime like almost like scheduled in as much as the training and that kind of thing so it's I think that will make a big difference but in terms of actual like content of you know what I'm eating or that kind of thing then it's there's no big changes yeah great so tell us if you if you'd like to a little bit more detail about race day and nutrition preparation yeah. <laughs> and what you do right now to kind of get you in the right state to to race um so for a marathon um, yeah. yeah so for marathon um it's all the prep all comes way before race day so for me there's like the the three different parts of it there's how you fuel before the race what you're having in the race and then how you're recovering and fueling to recover after the race um so the the pre-race and mid-race prep is like so important to start practicing as soon as your marathon build begins really it's like quite a few months in advance so for example i try to always have the same breakfast or i have like a selection of breakfasts just depending on like you never know quite how you might feel on the day but i'll have like my porridge cereal and then maybe like a bagel as like my free options but i'm always making sure that i'm having one of those uh in advance of my training sessions like the same gap so three hours before or whatever it might be um, practicing that seeing how that fuels me how i feel how i react to that and um yeah just practicing things like that and even like the night before having like what johnny and i call race day pasta which is essentially just really boring <laughs> tomato sauce on pasta um like the night before just so you're you're not leaving anything to chance in that regard um and then obviously there's the fueling in the race so like your gels or i'm fortunate enough that i can get uh carb drinks like on stations so whatever is available to you just practicing that as well um and i'm I did my first marathon in 2016 and I'd say I still haven't got my fueling strategy down to what I know is going to be perfect, but it's just about keep practicing, keep seeing what works. Um, and then for the actual race itself, I'd say I'm starting to think about like getting the carbohydrates in from almost like the Thursday before a Sunday race. So that's, you don't want to be absolutely piling on the carbs, like for your one last meal so all the London yeah. runners <laughs> remember yeah. that because um, you're not going to feel comfortable on the day. But if from like the few days before you're just upping your amount of carbohydrate, reducing the fiber element a little bit in all your meals, you're going to start feeling energized and ready and you're going to have the, the amount of kilojoules of energy in you and carbohydrate that you need <laughs> um, before you start the race. So that's what my prep looks like. Um, yeah um, that's yeah. fantastic and I think um, it's important to say as well that it's not an exact science you said there it's not yeah. completely nailed down for you yet and you've been doing it well, since 2016 so a good seven years or so competing in the marathon and, and still trying to find that sweet spot of, that works for you from a nutrition standpoint um, let's touch on a little bit of, uh, around recovery then because you're vegan aren't you so yeah. protein sources there obviously are more limited or more kind of um challenged i guess than just what you might ordinarily think of recovery um with someone who isn't vegan so tell us a little bit about um how you might recover after a marathon and, and kind of get back to training as strong as possible yeah so i think um for me like the protein sources i have will vary depending on uh yeah the training i'm doing and the racing i'm doing so for example what i'd like to have in my lunches and like day to day would be like your beans lentils tofu uh all kind of things which are really great but like you don't really want to be having those 
just before and just after yeah. a race um it's not as simple as like maybe just having something uh, a little bit plainer which has got a good high protein content so for me it's making sure that my everyday diet is really strong and it's the amount of protein it's got in it um so when i'm around race weekend and i'm focusing on like the carbohydrate and the the energy for that that that's okay and then immediately afterwards just making sure i'm getting something in so a, a protein bar or you can get protein shakes that are uh, vegan and that kind of thing yeah um, absolutely yeah. yeah and just it's, it's all about getting in the carbs and the protein quickly after the event even if it's something little and then getting back to your normal eating as quickly as possible really yeah too right too right <laughs> yeah I, I hear you there no 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 beans too close to <laughs> yeah. race day. absolutely um so moving on then um as um you're you're kind of really well known in the local area of Reading where we are obviously you won also <laughs> Reading Reading half marathon a few weeks ago so your form is is really good and people are getting to know you and and um you've got this sort of greater presence on social media um even people that just know you personally as well as people that might see you through through social media but how do you kind of uh how do you manage what people might expect of you so if if uh for example reading was supposed to be a training run obviously you went out and and you won it but uh if someone might be observing you you know everyone can see everything these days on strava and things like that someone might check your split times and wonder <laughs> yeah. what you might be doing but you know you're not always going to run everything 110 percent. so how do you kind of manage how you know questions that people have of you and expectations they have of you yeah I think it's just it's quite simple really like everybody that runs or does a sport like has the level that they want to compete to and like their own targets and what they want to achieve and also so everyone well most people have social media and they're they're posting about their progress and things that are important to them be it the running or other things as well and I think it's just making sure that you kind of keep to that so yeah you're putting out some stuff that people you might like people to see because it's something you're proud of or or whatever but like not feeling like you really have to justify everything you're doing to everybody else because like I know what my goals are and I know where my like fitness is and my physiology I've got the people I work with uh, like you and my coach and like we know the plan and like where things are going and it's it's fun to be able to like share your progress with other people and it's nice when people like, congratulate you or like if people could like commiserate you on something like they're coming from a really good place but you shouldn't put loads of weight on that being really important I don't think just focus on yourself and your own goals yeah yeah absolutely it's, it's easy to feel like you're in a bit of a fishbowl isn't it sometimes on social media and that kind of obligation to post things and this is progress and and this is a good day this wasn't such a good day but I, like you say I think in terms of how you how you manage that I think that's done exactly the right way yeah I was gonna say with the races as well like the last few I've done it's been particularly like that because Reading Half for example like there was conflict on like do I do I put online like oh I'm gonna run it like this or I'm gonna run it like that and um really I just went and had a really fun day and really enjoyed it and it didn't matter to have to like justify a time or go for a faster or a slower time it's just about enjoying the running really and knowing it's part of my training and process and similar with Manchester I had my goals and I know that the time that I did wasn't quite where I thought where I think I can be but um like I chose to do Manchester knowing it was a slightly more low-key race um having had a an illness at the previous one and that was something that was 
really important to me just to go out and enjoy the race and run it for me rather than picking uh, London. So even in choosing my races, it's making sure you're not making decisions based on worrying about what other people are yeah, going to think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Do what, what's right for you. Yeah. So coming on to the future then, and, and you mentioned about Manchester and, and thinking you've got more in the tank. Yeah. Um, what is next for you? What are the goals over the next medium term and, and long term for you? Where, where do you want to go from here? Uh, I think what I'm coming to realise at the moment, especially having just gone full time, is like my medium, I, I do have medium term goals, but it's all really about the long term goal. Ultimately, I know where I want to be in terms of qualifying times and, and events and that kind of thing. And that's where the focus is going to be on. Um, and everything in between is just about how close can I get myself to that point um, enjoy myself along the way, enter races where they're appropriate to be entered, but just focusing so much on the training and getting that completely right. Um, in terms of what that looks like this year, I'm probably going to focus a little bit more on some faster stuff, get some speed work in, maybe get on the track if it fits in and <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> and I can get the confidence after the years of <laughs> out of track. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be something really different for me. But I think the mixing up is going to be really fun. Um, and then back to halves and marathons in the winter. Yeah, that's a big part of our chat yesterday, wasn't it, as well, that you, you're looking forward to a fun summer of um, getting onto the track and getting some more speed work done and, and maybe some, some races in there. So ha when was the last time you did, well, much track work and even, and even competition? <laughs> um, so I think in the last, like since starting the marathon, yeah, I could yeah. probably count the track races on one hand. Right. And in terms of ones which I targeted, none. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's all, it's all really about the training. Like, obviously, I want to go and do the races and it's nice to get your PBs down because, like, I haven't really given that a good go for a while. But it's what I'm going to get out of that speed work training and that specific focus, which I haven't had really since being a marathon runner. And really much before that, because I've always just loved the endurance stuff and so it's about pushing myself into a place that it's a little bit more frightening and not quite what yeah. I'm used to um yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and that's and that's a really important thing from a training perspective as well isn't it variety so you don't necessarily have to go yeah. all the way from marathon to maybe 5k or like track races and 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 change it up to a huge extent if you're a if you're a novice runner out there but the variety of training just keeps the mind focused on something different and gives a different physical adaptation as well doesn't it so you yeah. get you get kind of two for the price of one in that in that regard yeah I think like for a long time because I love the endurance stuff and I love going out for a 20 mile steady run which becomes more than a steady run and I'm just clipping off the miles and that's almost like I found that in my head that's kind of the way that I think yeah I'm, I'm keeping up with the marathon this is what's going to keep me good at the marathon um but because I've now got the opportunity to like, have more time to work on other areas, I think it's going to be great to just try something new. And for me, it's about having the confidence that that's going to have a massive positive impact on the marathon, which is the big goal down the line. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's like, I'm actually really excited. I've been chatting to people recently and I'm actually excited to like get in the gym and lift and get in the pool and do a pool session even though I'm pretty terrible at swimming and get on the track so it's it's the excitement of trying new things even though they're not going to be my 
poor yeah. time <laughs> yeah no but that but that's like like you said it's all it's all for that bigger picture isn't it and, yeah and the fact that it excites you is great because that means that you're going to give it your absolute everything when you when you come into these training sessions and and you get the absolute most out of them so Definitely. i think that's a really good message for anyone who's training for for anything really it doesn't have to be a marathon but training variety is so key just from a psychological standpoint to keep things fresh and keep things exciting so Definitely. yeah really good um Outside of your own racing and everything then, you've also got a little bit of coaching that you do in terms of programming for people. I think you had a couple of runners at Reading, didn't you, that, that were uh, on part of your stable? Yeah, so it's just a, it's a relatively small setup. So I tend to do plans for people who have a specific race in mind um, and they'll uh, enter that race and then I'll help them get to the start line and hopefully the finish line in, in, a, in what they want to do. So I had... Uh, uh, three runners at Reading and I've got about uh, six starting at London Fantastic. and I'm really excited to go and watch them and they've all done brilliantly so good luck to all of you yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely absolutely um, so what's if anyone's interested on that what's the um, email or is there anything that you can um, yeah there's a link in my Instagram bio um, and it's nmrunningcoaching.com and the, all the information's on there lots Perfect. of plans for different um types of running and different lengths of time absolutely that's great now we'll make sure to get those uh, connections in the in the notes as well perfect so we've also got a couple of questions from people on instagram as i mentioned um this first one is from marcus so we're coming back around to the manchester marathon again um marcus says there's a few um inclines at manchester marathon when it comes to hills do you attack them or do you try and maintain a steady effort <laughs> up them yeah <laughs> with reference to Manchester specifically uh, that's a tricky one because I would say that that's probably for me where I I lost sort of the pace that I was aiming for um it's about 16 15 16 miles in uh, but what I had going through my head is knowing that I was feeling fatigued and I was kind of I was on my own at that point the thought through my head was get up the hills comfortably and then you're going to be able to push on further down the hills and afterwards and even though I did lose some pace there i i did manage to pick up somewhat on the sections afterwards and progress a little bit more towards the finish so i think it's important to just make sure on the hills but on really in any mile of the race that you're comfortable that you can press on or that you can continue and you're not going to just massively hit the wall uh reading half was is another good example because there's the big hill right at the beginning or like three miles in um and i'm pretty sure we ran up that I think I ran up that at 5.50 pace, but my overall average pace was 5.20 something. Yeah. So it's so just... Talk, for those on the metric system, you're talking miles here. Though, per mile, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm more that in kilometres. Like oh, right. Naomi's, Naomi's more, I'm that 5.50 pace yeah. per kilometre. You're more that pace per mile. So yeah, but just yeah, it's, it's starting, it's being comfortable because the more comfortable you are at the hill, the more you'll be able to push on afterwards. So yeah absolutely yeah. so does that change depending on the profile of the race would you have a strategy knowing how how many hills are in the race uh would you have a specific strategy for that or if there's only one or two like reading i think has two quite sort of major yeah. inclines but i think if it's a relatively undulating course just throughout but nothing major you've got like for me i would just go in with i mean even up to like even really up to a half marathon i'm just racing it hard yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a marathon's different like i need to know that i'm comfortable for a big portion of it to be able to run well but yeah in that case i would just go for it but if you know for like for example at reading there's big hills and especially early on 
you've just got to tell yourself in your head like be comfortable and and to be honest i wouldn't look at my watch or yeah. i would just be running to how my legs feel yeah absolutely <laughs> and then i guess the other side of this question as well is uh in terms of the downhills are you more of a let your legs go and pick up some <laughs> some pace again or is there is there a more of a strategy to that as well yeah there has to be some control to it because i i figure even if you're feeling great like you're still turning your legs over fast so you're still going to build up some lactate <laughs> lactate yeah, yeah, yeah. so um you don't want to go crazy and then come off the bottom and be and wreck your legs but um yeah obviously if you're going up comfortably you've got to have it in your mind that you're going to then push off off the top of the hill but you should be able to do that if you've got it right on the way up yeah fantastic <laughs> No, that's brilliant. So I guess this kind of comes um, as a nice segue, actually, after the hills. Uh, but we've got another question here from Chris, who I think you know, uh, Chris Fellows. Oh, yeah. So he's saying, <laughs> what are the benefits of strength training for long distance runners? So obviously there's a lot of, uh, or it's a relatively new um, topic for distance athletes. Um, but what are the main benefits that you feel um, that you've got and that you see in other people for um, from strength training perspective? Yeah, like, I mean, I think like kind of core training and that kind of thing has always been the staple of endurance running but yeah in terms of snc and getting in the gym and lifting weights for me it's a few things the main things are feeling robust so like i feel strong i feel like i can recover well i feel like my muscles are used to kind of pushing themselves hard and then having to recover um and i think that really helps with recovery from my running but also somewhat injury prevention um so there's that um also it's like feeling like getting the power into your legs so when you're especially for me now looking at doing the faster stuff I think it translates really well from those like explosive movements in the gym or moving heavy weights quickly when you get on the track and you've got to be turning your legs over fast it's it's it translates really well so yeah I don't know, you might you have some further You guys can't see this, but Naomi's giving me a look because I made her push this, a heavy sled yesterday. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, absolutely. That wasn't yeah. quickly. Though. Yeah. Um, well, that's, our, that's the phase that we're in at the moment, isn't it? Heavy, heavy stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's tons of benefits. And you touched on, on all of them, really. Yeah, just, you know, in, in terms of having that, that strength um, in the legs to get up hills and make sure that you can maintain the pace, but also, you know, from a recovery standpoint as well um, and injury prevention. If you're, if you're injury free, um, then you're able to do more running sessions and, and improve your, your times on that front. So yeah, that's the, that's the main thing on that front. Um, right. So just finally then, what, uh, what advice would you give to a novice runner wanting to run their first marathon? That's from Serena. So yeah, it's that time of year. The sun's coming back <laughs> out again, or at least it should be soon. Springtime coming into summer. People are going to get out and get running. So what advice would you give to a novice runner wanting to run a marathon for the first time? Um, I would say if I look back at my first marathon, I can find the things that I think I did well and then, and lots of things that I think I did pretty terribly um i think what i did well was um i didn't make huge huge changes to my training to begin with so i was fortunate enough to have a lovely group of girls down at reading ac and we trained on a tuesday and a thursday and i would do maybe one or two other runs in the week and i would just carry on doing that and it was all about keeping fit and enjoying what i was doing um, and getting some consistency into training so number one is look at where you're at and obviously where you're going to want to be is probably going to be considerably more 
mileage or definitely running a lot further in one go if you've never run a marathon before but it's a long journey to get there and it's all about getting a consistent amount of training in um, and getting some help where be it people to run with or someone that's run a marathon that can give you some advice and just someone to chat to um in terms of things i wouldn't do uh like for me um I'm like there was quite a lot of other changes in my life at the time so my work was changing um I had changed even things like how I was eating quite a lot because I had just become vegan in the same period yeah. of time and um I think for me like things like that like just keep keeping other aspects of your life as kind of balanced as possible um and not making too many changes to things like oh I'm suddenly now going to do loads of extra cross training i'm suddenly now going to eat completely differently i'm so like and that kind of thing like yeah consistency focus on is one key, thing right? really. yeah, make sure. um, and yeah that's going to work really well um and yeah just enjoy it don't think about the time that you want to run until about two weeks before yeah. <laughs> or maybe a week before yeah absolutely i think some of the best advice i got and this has nothing to do with running advice i've only run two marathons in my life badly i should add as well but um the best advice i got before my first one was that 20 miles is halfway so from a mental yeah, standpoint yeah. you hit 20 miles and you then that's when it starts to hurt but um so yeah even like that psychological preparation you said don't think about the time for it until a couple of weeks out is there anything else that you might kind of any advice anyone who's um doing their first one from a mental preparation standpoint yeah um i think one thing is not worrying too much about what other people are doing um so it might be that the longest run you get to do is 18 to 20 miles and someone else says oh i must run 23 and someone else says oh, i got to go over the distance so i know i can do it it doesn't matter as long as you can like get if, as long as you're building confidence in yourself and your own running like looking at what other people are doing isn't important and if you can f get yourself to the point where you can be active and moving for a good amount proportion of the time that you'll be running the race even if you're not running that whole time you're going to do it on the day because you're going to have so much support on the day yeah <laughs> um and yeah and what i was saying about not picking your time until close to it obviously you're going to want to be doing sessions that are not just slow running so you're going to want to be doing some stuff that's faster than you intend to run the marathon and you're going to be wanting to do a lot at the pace where you feel you could run the marathon but for me that's all about running to feel I'll run to feel on marathon pace sessions for maybe two months before I start homing in on the time and that's really because setting yourself the time target first is quite is very arbitrary you might be able to run much better than that or it might be a struggle and then you're it's just not a process of in, enjoying what you're doing so just yeah. go to feel and and I think that's it is a, what it is. Yeah, that's a, a, another really nice um, topic uh, or point just to hone in on as well. And I've had conversations with your coach, Nick, as well, just in terms of running to feel and not worrying too much about I have to hit this exact pace from day one of training. And there's so much technology around these days with watches and GPS and everything like that to be able to track yourself and, and know yeah. your live your live times your split times everything like that but actually if you're feeling good running then that's probably quite a good marker as well <laughs> yeah definitely um fantastic right so we're gonna um finish things up there thanks very much naomi good luck through the summer Thank training you. period getting <laughs> out on the it. track lifting some heavy weights <laughs> and running some serious speed but then um the serious stuff starts again in the autumn doesn't it coming yeah. towards winter so yeah um look out for naomi on the on the roads <laughs> shout out any support that you've got for her and um 
thanks very much for coming on. No worries. Thank you for having me. (laughs)